welcome to Utterly Geeks Game of the Year Deliberations for the year that is 2018. I am Darren Bell, joined again by Steve Petrella and Chris Walzik. Let's leap right into it. <laughs> Biggest let's get, let's get, fuck up. <laughs> let's get fucked up. Yeah, let's get mad. <laughs> Biggest fuck up of 2018. We have as nominees Nintendo Switch Online. Everything to do with Fallout 76, Telltale, <laughs> Philip Mewson's Dead Cells Review, mm-hmm. the PlayStation Classic, Rockstar's label, Labor Issues, the Blizzard Diablo Immortal Announcement, Valve Making Games? <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Let me start off with Nintendo Switch Online. I had put this up here for biggest fuck-up. I don't think it hangs with everything else, Mm -mm. and I don't think Mm -mm. it's that big of a fuck-up. It's disappointing, to be sure, and we will talk about that later. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I don't think it's Nintendo Nintendo'd it, but not as hard as Nintendo can Nintendo. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it hangs on this list. Okay. Uh, in a similar vein, I think the PlayStation Classic is wholly fucked up. It is such a weird thing. Because the 20 games on it are the PAL versions. They're the European right. versions that run at 50 hertz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is objectively worse. There's a lot of people who refuse to play Tekken 3 on that thing. Mm-hmm. Because it is the PAL version, it makes it basically unplayable. Mm-hmm. To make matters even more confusing, this last week people found out that if you plug in certain USB keyboards to it and hit escape, you get access to the emulator software. Mm-hmm. And you can... <coughs> pardon me. You can flip it to the NTSC versions and make them run at 60 hertz. Mm-hmm. It also does not have dual analog sticks. So you can play Metal Gear Solid, but it's a worse version because you don't have analog sticks. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, everything about it is just a confusing goddamn mess. Mm. That being said, I do not believe it hangs on this list. N- no. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I, I I think, again, I think it should fall under as a disappointment because, I mean, there's yes. still... It's still okay. Like, it's yeah. still... They gave the PlayStation Classic. Yeah, <laughs> they gave it to yeah. you. That's what it is. It's a it was, like it's just yeah. a system that doesn't hold up today, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's just all it is. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's all the mechanical stuff behind it too. Oh yeah, it's right. Really fucking weird. Right. Uh, I'm I'm willing to scratch off my Valve making games because uh, I don't. I, again, I don't think it holds up to everything else that's on here. And also, it's it's not really a fuck up. A I think it's again a more of a disappointment. So, agreed. Mm-hmm. So that that can that can go as well. Um, I had Rockstar's labor issues here. Okay, I think that's a broader issue. Yeah, for the industry as a whole, something that's been kind of bubbling up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think us as consumers need to be aware of these issues. Mm-hmm. Yes, but at the end of the day, I don't think it really impacts us in the way some of these other things have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would say that that's actually 
more of a disappointment too because it's just disappointing to know that that shit's going on you know it's more of yeah and it's not just rockstar you know it's a lot of other companies that are just that have these issues and we need to know about it so we can like make an assessment or help out you know and and try to stop that shit yeah agreed (sighs) let's talk about philip mewson (laughs) philip mewson which i had to look this up again because i completely forgot about this i i wrote it down as soon as it (laughs) happened as soon as i was following it i was like cool i'm writing this down so i don't forget about it Philip Mewson is an I was an IGN reviewer who was slated to write a review for Dead Cells around its launch. Mm-hmm. Shortly after his review went live, a Reddit user, I forget the user's name, pointed out that, hey, a lot of the body of this review comes directly from my comment in mm-hmm. my own personal review of Dead Cells. Mm-hmm. Which he submitted to IGN. IGN then took a look at it and they blocked his review. They pulled it down and they started doing an investigation into Philip Mewson. And they found that a large quantity of his reviews had been plagiarized in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. What makes it even shittier is that he defended the act as industry standard. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is typical. You reach out to your, your compatriots and get their feelings on it before you write your review, which is not what you fucking do. Yeah. If you are a reviewer, you don't gauge the temperature in the room. You have to be as objective as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say IGN took the proper uh, lengths on this. They assigned a new reviewer. They purged everything he had written from their site. So good on IGN for (laughs) sticking up for integrity here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just... I don't know if it hangs. I'm not going to strike it yet. Yeah. I don't want to strike it yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't strike it yet. I think the amazing thing, too, about that is that he uh, won Kotaku uh, journalist, like, when he was kind of questioning this, of the integrity of it, uh, Philip Moosin came back and was like, yeah, well, I'd like to see you, like, come up see if there's anything else I've plagiarized. And he went, okay. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. and then, oh, shit, I forgot he issued that challenge. Yeah, and then he was like, okay, he did. And then within 24 hours, like less than 24 hours, he was like, hey, here's all some other stuff that I saw that you plagiarized. And that's here's when... the list. And that's when IGN stepped in and was like, ah, uh, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. God, what a shit show. Mm-hmm. Who wants to talk about Diablo Immortal? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I guess I will. Um, Yeah, man. Hey, what's a good idea? Let's go to... Let's have a PC gaming event uh, and announce a mobile port to a game that we haven't been catering to any of the fans in the last several years. And the only announcement that we have is a mobile port of a game that is just basically a reskin of a Chinese ripoff 
that already exists and it's just we're just giving them the diablo license and let's announce this to all these in front of all these pc players what could possibly go wrong yeah so they (laughs) yeah the build-up to it was the worst part yes because it seemed like it was something that was a new diablo experience because that's exactly what they were saying Mm mm-hmm they were like, oh, it's a new experience of Diablo. That you're... I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not wrong. And that's the worst part of it, is that they're not technically wrong in any of that. Right. <clears throat> it yeah. is a new Diablo experience. It just wasn't the experience that anyone wanted or expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the fuck up is just the way that they announced it. It's like, hey, we got this cooking, and they just like built it up and built it up, and then they're like... It's an online shitty, well, who knows if it's shitty, it it looks not that great, but it's just, you know, something that nobody was asking for. Mm -hmm. And they built it up like it was Diablo 4, and no. (laughs) No, no, not at all. It's not Diablo 4, so yeah, obviously people are not going to be happy about that. Yeah, their whole stance on it. But then I kind of sympathize with the developers because they kind of got ambushed there. Oh, definitely. What, do you guys not have phones being the big catchphrase now? Right. But, like, what else are you going to do in that situation? This is something that I'm assuming they put a lot of their time and effort into, Mm -hmm. despite it being a a, a reskin or or what have you. Mm. But to be the developers who were working on this... To then all of a sudden be ambushed because you had no idea that this was going to go this way. You should have had an idea. But, yeah, listen, I'm an idiot sometimes, too. A lot of the time, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can get caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want I don't want to strike it from the list, though. Because <laughs> it is, it's such an, um, it's such an immense misjudgment of your audience especially given exactly yeah yeah i wouldn't strike it i think it's i think it's a pretty big fuck up Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and that was supposed to be their showstopper of an Mm -hmm. announcement that that ended blizzcon Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) what a monumental misreading of your audience yeah yeah um, Telltale, that kind of just <laughs> blindsided everybody. Uh, yeah. Especially the employees of Telltale. Yeah. Yeah. It. <clears throat> I think Telltale closing is more of a disappointment, but I think the handling of it is the fuck up. Like, the way yes. that they handled them closing it was the biggest fuck up and just... Fucking over like, fuck all of their employees. Yeah, seriously. Fucking over the fans who had already bought The Walking Dead Season 3 mm-hmm. without... with Like, they didn't know that they weren't going to be able to finish that. They didn't know if they were going to be able to finish that at the time that they started that project. Mm-hmm. That's fucking terrible. Yeah. And no wonder that they went under with that kind of management. Yeah, definitely. It... it monumental clusterfuck start to finish with as that information rolled out as we were made aware of oh it looks like a business deal didn't come through that they were really banking on 
to then suddenly like oh nope we're done and you can't buy any of our games anymore like slowly disappearing from the shops you know that kind of a thing mm -hmm. fuck Mm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Do we, we talk about the 76-ton elephant in the room? Yeah. That should be on the list. I'm sorry. Right. Let's but. Go through it. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Fallout 76 was a game nobody had asked. Well, okay. Some people had asked for a multiplayer Fallout. Right. Mm -hmm. But what was... What or or maybe meant. have or maybe have speculated like man what if there was a Fallout multiplayer right. game, right? And I think a lot of the fuck up around seventy six starts with that announcement. Mm. Yeah, like we're making a big multiplayer online Fallout. It will have quests. It will have factions. It will have everything you expect from a Fallout game. Mm -hmm. None of that was true. <laughs> From the get-go. Right. Um, and then to have it have massive server issues, but they knew that was going to happen because mm -hmm. they issued an apology before the game went live, even for the beta. Yep. Yeah. They were apologizing for their game. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out. And the only people enjoying it are the people who are playing it as a solo. Like, I just want to explore a vast and barren space. Great. That's all this fucking game is. <laughs> mm -hmm. There is nothing to do here. Yes, there's quests, quote unquote, but it's find an audio tape, listen to audio tape. Mm -hmm. Collect collect X amount of things after getting audio tape. Now go turn them in. Cool. That's a quest. And then to launch... The post-release, post-review microtransaction shop. <laughs> that then, like, not to even talk about Canvas Badgate <laughs> and all of that horse shit. Uh, let's also talk about yeah. I mean, there's that, and then also with the uh, the way that they were going to. Uh, give people before they went back and they were like okay let's actually make the canvas bags their initial knee-jerk reaction was oh okay so we'll give you 500 caps or what or whatever adams 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 thank adams. you yeah uh in-game microtransactions whatever like we'll give you that for for you buying this 200 dollar item like that was their knee-jerk reaction was yeah we'll give you 500 atoms which only just equated out to like what it was like five dollars worth of it's five dollars of microtransactions that could only get you a country door and some plants yeah <laughs> jesus which are cosmetic construction things there is a canvas bag in the game that the canvas bag was supposed to be modeled after you couldn't even afford that with the 500 atoms <laughs> mm-hmm I mean, and then so they, then, out, so then they, they sent out the good ones to influencers. Right. Oh, god damn. And then, and then, because there's another chapter to this, after they, after they said, okay, we'll do good with the canvas bags, just give us your info, and then we'll, we'll eventually send, we'll make and send you the canvas bag, and then send it off to you, like, literally the next day finds out that they fucking released public uh, personal information of oh, every yeah. person 
that had that submitted a ticket to Bethesda about the canvas bag, which they had to include their their name, their address, uh, their phone number, and their credit card information. All of to validate that they purchased the canvas bag, the two hundred dollar. That information got leaked out, and it's out there. Man, (laughs) man, I I fail to see how Fallout seventy six, absolutely everything to do with it, does not win this category Mm -hmm. because not only did they fuck up that game and they fucked up the messaging and they fucked up the customer service and they fucked up every bit it squanders every (laughs) amount of goodwill people had toward bethesda and todd howard yep Mm -hmm. in every capacity they better they better make starfield a real fucking good game without any bullshit Mm -hmm. or there's no like they will not Mm mm-hmm I, I will not touch another one of their games, even a new Elder Scrolls, if they fuck this all up. Yeah. But the thing is, I, we kind of already see it on the horizon because they're using the same engine for Starfield and Elder Scrolls. They're using the same engine. They're in their own launcher. They've got their own creative club going on with it. Mm-hmm. The writing is on the wall. So unless they fucking reevaluate and reevaluate hard... As a result of Fallout 76, which they fucking better be, yeah, mm-hmm. it won't be a good thing. I fail to see how Fallout 76 does not take this category by a country mile. <laughs> a country oh, road yeah. mile. No, I, I, I agree with Fallout 76 winning this already. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we really yeah, have no. to We just explained why. <laughs> yeah, right. holy shit. <laughs> Cause it, it was it would like it was seriously like every day I was hearing something oh worse yeah. that it was just going on and I was just like how <laughs> like yeah the moment how that game how came could you out, just just yeah yeah it transcends disappointment <laughs> yeah oh god yeah it's it's so disappointing that it's not even disappointing anymore it's just sad yeah yeah like if it was just a bad game that's disappointing but everything that goes into it makes it the biggest fuck up yeah congratulations fallout 76 (laughs) you should be both runners up too but we can't do that right um i think telltale belongs on this list Mm -hmm. because of the gross mismanagement of everything involved in their closing they could have faded away gracefully but they right yeah yeah yeah, I'd be I'd be for that for for it to be the one of the runner ups. Yeah, I I agree. So that brings us down to Philip Mewson and Diablo <laughs> Immortal. So my thoughts on Philip Mewson, IGN handled it spectacularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this all comes down to one fucking idiot somehow sleezing his way through the industry to get into the position he was in. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But it's cut off now, and it's done. But it's cut yeah. off, and it's done. Diablo Immortal, it's still as the happening. name suggests, it's still will happening. never die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Diablo Immortal should be on there over Philip Mewson. Yeah, I would agree with that. Wally? Yeah. Okay. I, I also agree with that. Congratulations, Fallout 76. You done fucked up. 
So did Telltale and Blizzard with the Diablo Mortal announcement. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I know we, we said our piece, but going into talking about biggest fuck up, like, I was like, 70, Fallout 76. Oh, God, it's yeah. just, it's going oh, yeah, away. No. Like, we, we, we all knew in I, our heart yeah. of hearts. We just had to, you know, explain it. But yeah, no, it, it was, yeah. It was a given. It was basically a given. What, what a shit show, man. And, you know, another Dark Horse contender. I didn't think, I thought Telltale had it in the bag mm. until October. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, that moves us on to our next category. Best new character. This is an original character. Uh, we might get into spoilery territory here. Yeah, yeah. So pre- prepare yourselves. We have Atreus from God of War. Atreus! B- <laughs> Sorry. BK from Donut County. Pascal from Near Automata. Brock from God of War. Mimir from God of War. Connor and Hank from Detroit Become Human, Arthur Morgan from Red Dead Redemption 2, and Celeste from Celeste. <laughs> I thought she was... Uh, is Celeste a different character from Madeline? Because Madeline and Badeline are the main character, right? Oh, yeah, Madeline, yeah. That's right. So <laughs> Madeline, no, Celeste is the mountain. Oh, Okay. <clears throat> My so are you putting Madeline. the mountain as a character? No, oh, no, no. So you want Madeline? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um. All right. Let me talk about BK. BK is the asshole raccoon in Donut County. He deals with problems by sending people donuts, and then making the people fall into the earth. Mm-hmm. The entire game is rolls out in flashback so it's everyone in the town trapped beneath the surface of the earth talking about how bk trapped them under the surface of the earth mind you bk is right in front of them as well he's trapped himself in the bottom of the earth okay and the entire game is him just basically refusing to take responsibility refusing to admit that he is a complete and utter asshole in refusing to be apologetic about it. And that's the entire point of his character. And that's the entire arc. Toward the end, he has a real come-to-Jesus moment. And it's a, it's a really touching moment mm-hmm. when he finally realizes that, oh, what I do affects people negatively and I can't live like this. And that's the entire crux of that game. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think he hangs with the other characters on this list. I just wanted to shout out BK's a real cool raccoon. <laughs> okay. He should have been... Why is he called BK? TK is another character. He's the trash king. Mm-hmm. So I feel like BK has to be a king of something, but I don't know what the B is for. Okay. He should have been DK. He should be the donut king. But, <laughs> but, but BK's great. And it's his texting is really fantastic. Yeah. The duck. I love you, BK. <laughs> yeah, the fucking duck is the best thing. The duck is my favorite. It's the best new character. The duck from Donut County. Oh my God. Yeah. I'd back the duck before BK. 
Okay. Steve? Can you tell me about Madeline? Yeah. So, <clears throat> Madeline is... I would compare her to kind of like Senua mm. from last year. She's kind of this, like... She's at war with herself, basically. And okay. she wants to, like, she she wants to be, like, a power, strong, powerful woman, and that's why she goes and climbs this mountain. But she's at battle with, like, all her, I guess you would, all of, like, the bad things about her, all of, like, her insecurities and stuff, she's at war with them. So she's it's 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 a lot about a it's like a it's it's a lot about just mind games and like overcoming your yourself and just the way that she does that is amazing and I really like it's just a good character to like model yourself after I guess would be like hey we all have issues and we need to come to terms with them and we're in mm-hmm. the way that they do it and the way that that she does it is it's it's amazing and she forms relationships along the way uh friendships with other people who help her but she also helps them and it's just she's just an all-around just really amazing character i think and and for the simplicity of her as well it really shocked me because that took away games for impact at the game awards Mm -hmm. and i didn't I didn't have that game pegged as a game in that style. Oh, it's so, like, it's very impactful. Like, it is really, it's it's an emotional game because you're climbing this mountain and it's fucking hard. Like, it's a hard game, so it's hard to, it, it's just a hard game to beat it. And you, you can relate with her. Like, you can just really mm-hmm. relate with her struggles in life and wanting to, like, her mom to be impressed by her and, like, her friends and family and stuff like that. And she doesn't feel like she's a, a great person. And it, the the mountain, I mean, I guess I could have left Celeste as a character, too, because the mountain is kind of, I mean, there is Badeline, which is her, like, alter ego, basically. But the mountain is almost like the bat, the uphill battle that you face in life mm-hmm. and you you fight yourself until the end you know and then finally you come to terms with yourself once you win the battle right. you understand that all of the bad things in you are part of you and you need to embrace them and use them for good and it's just like mm-hmm. just the way that they did it was amazing and that uh, yeah there's a lot of depth depth in this like tiny pixelated character you know like it's just it's <laughs> right which is amazing to me all right <clears throat> it's a good it's a good argument. <laughs> so I, I played with the idea of putting Mimir on my list as well. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I, I really like Mimir as the knowledgeable counterpoint. And yeah. the, arguably the most talkative character. In oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Because he's willing to talk to Atreus, but also knows when to stop talking. Lest Kratos get mad. Yeah, right. <laughs> And his and his personality is just really great. Like, oh yeah, just when he cracks jokes uh, and just, I think I think it, this also just comes down to the voice actor himself as well. It's just like he he just is 
such a good storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and like every time I got into the boat, I was like, I don't think I ever beached it because I just wanted to hear the story. It was more. Oh, yeah. I mean, like even though I even if I heard some of the lore like many times or heard it before, like I wanted to hear it through Mimir because just the delivery of it and how he told it, and then cracking jokes in in between because that's just what he does. Like, I, I would always just sit in the boat and wait until the whole cycle of audio is done, <laughs> and then I'd be like, "All right, beach it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, I really like Mimir too, just because he. He, although they do it with um, uh, with Atreus and everything, um, and Kratos like in the boat with Kratos telling stories to him, mm-hmm. I think Mimir's voice is his storytelling is a little bit better. I think that the, that that's done on purpose. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Because Kratos is this angry, old, curmudgeon dad. You know, it's like. Telling him, only telling him tales to like be like, hey, this is how you become better, boy. You know. Yeah. The, the this dad, is the way the, yeah, the world is. Yeah, he's giving him the dad ta- tales, and then Mimir is like giving him the the awesome story of it. So you want to listen to him a right. little bit more. Um, and I just I like that juxtaposition that they did there. Like you're mm-hmm. like, okay, here's the Kratos dad tale, and then, but no, here's the Mimir like awesome, like God tale, and mm-hmm. kind of I think it plays with Atreus as well as like Mimir's getting into his head and then later on that plays with Atreus's character and his feelings on certain things but um I just like the addition of him because it makes traveling which can be monotonous in a game it makes it fun and I think Mm -hmm. adding it having a character Mm -hmm. like him just adds so much to that game and it's it's world building while you're still playing the game yeah like you're understanding the lore and everything without even having to look it up because he's telling you it like everything, mm-hmm. right? Which is which is such a great way to do that fucking game because especially with like, you know, within the mythology where Mir is the smartest man alive, so he knows everything, mm-hmm. so he's able to tell you everything. Well, what better way than just have the smartest man alive <laughs> tell you all the yeah. fucking tales like. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so well executed to give you that lore and background so that way you you understand everything about mm. that game. Yeah. I really like Mimir. Mm-hmm. Uh let me talk about Connor and Hank from Detroit. Yeah. yeah. So, so have, this so, wouldn't be the first time we group two characters together. Yes. Uh, the reason why I group them is because they are they work so fucking well together. Um, I mean, they're, gr- they're great on their own, but they work the best together. Uh, so Connor is the, the android uh, detective that we've all seen in, like, the E3 showcase um, that we saw where he was on the rooftop trying to negotiate the android to let go of the little girl so that's connor so we know we know him he's paired up with a a private detect uh a private investigator and uh who goes by hank and it is played by clancy brown who does a fucking phenomenal job i mean they both do both the the voice actor for connor and and hank did amazing uh but it's the chemistry between the two that they build throughout the entire game because Connor is just like 
he's the brand new state-of-the-art android that's like i'm just here to do my job kind of thing and do it efficiently uh whereas hank is like he's that stereotypical like i don't trust androids you know i don't i don't think they're great i don't think technology is great i don't think how how well this is advanced uh how technology is advanced like i don't trust you uh because you're you're just an android you don't have any human uh human features or thoughts or feelings you're just gonna want to get the best result possible and then stick with that but like over the time over the course of the game uh both both connor and hank kind of play off of each other as to develop like connor because starts becoming more human and starts realizing like some of his decisions that he makes is more thought-provoking as a human being on feelings and how to process uh situations as a human whereas hank is like learning that that androids can feel and that they they aren't just always just one-sided and always just straight thinking and even though hank just keeps pushing that he kind of he keeps pushing the connor being like don't you think it should be this way or whatever but it's up to connor as the player to be like no i don't agree with that or no you're wrong uh or like sorry no you're wrong or or yeah you're right like it should be this way let me reprogram myself so that way i'm i'm back on track as being like the like cold android uh, that I should be, so, and I I always just found their their story and their chemistry of just bouncing off of each other of like both of their character development as the story was unfolding while they're trying to solve all this all these little mysteries of uh, androids going crazy and and killing people and going rogue and all this, um, that they kind of like between the both of them they discover themselves as as people or you know fucking if androids have feelings kind of deal um so i i think it's just that chemistry between the two is just really great and they have some funny moments too like together where you know it's it's the standard like uh hank gives a sarcastic answer and connor takes it literally like you know there's like shit like that um but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because how they perform it, it's it's so convincing um, that I really loved it. Uh, so yeah, that's why I had to pair them up together because they they develop together throughout the entire story, and I felt that out of everybody that was there, they were the most interesting that I found out of everyone else. So if you want to talk about androids and feelings, let me tell you about Pascal from your <laughs> Automata. Pascal is a fascinating look. So within Nier, there are androids whom that's who you're playing as, and mm-hmm. the androids have been at war with the machine life forms, which are what you would typically think of as a robot. They're big rust buckets. Pascal is a machine life form that has a floating disc that he kind of sits on and flies around. Uh, Mm -hmm. At times, sometimes he's got legs, he can transform. Pascal is a complete pacifist and is the leader of a peaceful camp of machine life forms. Mm. 
and Pascal's entire character arc, and we'll get into this in moment of the year, is about trying to stay neutral and out of the war between the machine life forms and the androids mm-hmm. in as peaceful a way as possible. And this is where a lot of the writing of Nier really digs in deep. Pascal and a lot of the other characters in this game are named after philosophers. Right. And Pascal really embodies the philosophy of the original Pascal. In that Pascal, the philosopher, is purported... If you've ever heard of Pascal's Wager, that's essentially the entire life that Pascal lives here. Pascal's Wager says, because we don't know, because we can't confirm the existence of a god, and therefore heaven, it is better to believe in it on the off chance that it does exist, rather than reject it and face eternal damnation. Mm -hmm. With that in mind, Pascal from Nier Automata really, really embodies that as a form of pacifism, as a form of neutrality, and the entire mindset that he needs to operate his entire life based off of keeping people safe, but also aware of the dangers in the existing world. Mm. The amazing thing about Pascal is the very last thing that happens to Pascal. Spoilers ahead. (laughs) If anyone here has not played through Nier Automata and would like to, Mm. cover your ears. (laughs) Later on, Pascal's village is attacked, and he needs to evacuate. Mm. So he evacuates all the children off to a safe location. That safe location is quickly tracked down, and other factions of uh, machine life forms are still attacking. Pascal drops being pacifist in order to protect the children, and with Pascal obliterating the entire army by your side, defends off the safe haven that you've created for the children. You walk back inside to find all the children had killed themselves while you were defending them by stabbing through their own cores. Pascal blames himself because... He taught them of fear in order to help protect them to recognize danger. They were Mm. so afraid that they killed themselves. Pascal blames himself for teaching the wrong lesson. Mm. So Pascal is a form of AI at war with itself. You are then forced to choose whether or not you kill Pascal or wipe his memory because those are the two things he wants to happen, because he can't live knowing this. Mm. I killed him. But if you do not, he comes back to, goes back to the village, which is now empty except for him, and he is selling the parts of the dead children (laughs) in order to make a living. Uh. Pascal is the standout character of Nier Automata. (laughs) 100%. And I feel very strongly about Pascal. That motherfucker right there. That entire sequence had me... I had to put down the controller and take a long walk. (laughs) After that. It's fucking incredible. This 
The silence right here is perfectly <laughs> emblematic of my feeling. Right. Uh, Brock is funny. Yeah. Brock's, Brock's a neat character. He's, he, he's, he's great, but I don't, I don't think he holds up for for everyone up, everyone else here. But yeah, I, he, yeah. He's, he's a great little comedic relief Yeah. Uh, within the God of War game. Brock and Senji both together, mm-hmm. when, when they finally reunite, it's a magical scene, and they are wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't uh, think Brock honorable works. mention honorable mention, but that's about yes. it. Because Brock had me fucking laughing so much <laughs> in God of War. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wally, tell me about Arthur Morgan. Whew, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, where do I start? Uh, so Red Dead Two is a very long game, <laughs> um, but Arthur Morgan, I actually have to say, is probably i think i liked him more as a protagonist than i did as john marston in red dead one now the reason that is because uh i think it's mostly just because of arthur morgan's like his morals and where he stands it's it's very much in tune to uh i guess with like today's standards mostly uh you know he's he's willing to be really compassionate for all kinds of people of all kinds of races of all kinds of whether if you're rich or poor or whatever um like his his goal throughout the entire game is just to be just to do good but also be he cares deeply about his gang and wants to make sure that they succeed and that they thrive and he'll do by any means to make sure that that happens but i think it's that compassion that he shows for his crew uh or for his gang that makes him really unique and makes him stand out with against john marston because like john marston i felt like in red dead redemption where it was like you know it's a revenge story i mean it's in the fucking title uh, because it's all about John just being like, I don't care. I just want to hunt these this gang down. I want to get my revenge. Like, you know, whatever. You can help me or get the hell out of the way. Whereas Arthur Morgan is like, he cares about the people that he's with, and like, even though, yeah, it might be whether if it's like, and that's what's so amazing about just him as a character because he could be super compassionate in one moment but then like in another moment he could just be like well i'll fucking gun you down if i have to like (laughs) like he can just be able to flip that switch no problem and be really intimidating like so fucking fast it's just it's a phenomenal performance that is as put on um but like yeah i think it, it just for me i just felt like he was so much better of a protagonist in in this one just because he he it seems like he does care and he wants everything to work out for all of them. Uh, you know, even if he's got to fucking gun down some people or rob some banks or whatever, he's fucking down for it. Um, and also it's just the performance of that voice actor is just fucking so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. His voice is just amazing. Uh, he, I looked him up to see what else he's done. It's not a lot really like, this is like his first big role in something where it's just like 
fucking hours and hours worth, but uh yeah, I don't know. I I I can I can understand if he gets cut. Uh it's similar to Connor and Hank, but I just wanted to at least just voice that out there. Acknowledge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like just them as a character in a video game setting. Right. Steve, why don't, why don't you lead off our talk on Atreus? Okay. Um, I I really like Atreus because <clears throat> he's he starts off as like this kind of innocent child, and you feel a little bit. I think you feel a little bad for him because Kratos is this like this dad who doesn't. He's not like a he's not like your typical like loving father figure, you know. He's like this like hard dad who's like you you got to do it this way, you know. And, mm-hmm. and he's kind of he's kind of hard on him. Like he's actually really hard on him, which, you know, obviously can be a good thing for a kid, but you still you still feel bad for him cuz he's just this innocent kid who lost his mother at the beginning. And um as I think they just make you go through a range of emotions with Atreus, with his personality, with him growing as a character that makes him so good because it's like mm-hmm. you see the innocent child. You see, uh, like, this kid who wants to learn, who wants to, like, make his father proud. But then as as he grows, you start to see that what an asshole a child can be and, like, how you're just like, oh, fuck, yeah, that was... fuck you as a kid. You know, you're just like... But you still like it, you still like him, but you still but you also hate him in the same moment. And I think there's just a lot of depth to that. It's and the teenage years. It's the teenage. <laughs> it's, the, it's the like yeah. It's that coming of age where yeah, when you're a, a teenager and you're like fuck you, dad. You didn't you didn't let me know all this shit, and I'm powerful. I can do whatever the fuck I want, type of thing. And they really the the character just really embodies this like being a child and how it it feels and how on the outside you can perceive it but how you can also relate to it and i just think they did a really good job with this character yeah and the performance of that voice actor is just incredible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh atreus is not eligible because loki is an established character and we can't do that and so is mimir and so is everyone else. oh fuck <laughs> you no atreus atreus has to be on this list we yeah. are doing that game and that performance a disservice mm. if we do not have atreus mm-hmm. at least on the list mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i, I def- definitely agree with that hmm I think it's going to be hard to hard to hard cut to from cut here on, on out. Yeah. yeah. Personally, like I love Mimir, and I love what he adds to the game, but mm-hmm. I I think like as an overall character, he just is is voicing a story, is voicing stories. Mm. Which makes the game more accessible and makes it like more of a fun play, but it's not like he's not bringing like these emotional arcs and stuff like that. You know, he's he's bringing personality. He's bringing to a personality story. to make the game fun. So I just don't think he stacks up to like even what uh, Wally was saying with Connor and Hank and Arthur Morgan. I don't think he stacks yeah. up to those characters. Agreed. 
So I, I would be cool with cutting Mimir. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I loved Mimir. Right. I, I, I just don't think he hangs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Connor and Hank... Detroit Become Human was a game that I really wish I had played. Yeah, me too. And the story, the story of Connor and Hank, it sounds, it sounds trite and well worn, but so much of that rests on their performance. I would be more than okay having Connor and Hank on this list. Hmm. Just for that style of presentation. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I really think that's, like, that's a cool way of developing characters, as you kind of need Uh, each other. A buddy cop android story. I mean, they tried that in television, and it never really works out, but to hear (laughs) it actually work out. Yeah, because it was also like a, it was also like a buddy cop story on top of everything else of them, like learning their own thing between each other right i think i think connor and hank belong on the list okay so now it's between pascal and arthur morgan Mm-hmm. <laughs> pascal is my perfect prince uh, right but i i don't know if my arguments for Pascal have landed with you guys. From what you said, I really like Pascal. But I also think, which, I mean, it's awesome that they did this, but I would also say that he's, they used an already existing philosophy but that's the entire point of that game is that every different machine life form you come across every big named one is named from a philosopher in particular i mean you you come across them right in the beginning uh you fight against uh karl marx and i forget the other uh communist but they are the big machine life forms that you fight right out of the gate yeah Mm mm-hmm but like that's that is what that I game is. We're also forgetting that there's a third horse in this race. Madeline is still out there. Yeah, I think with mm. and and not knocking Pascal as a character. Like I think it's a, I think that like I really like that. I think that, that that's awesome. But I think Pascal's more of an idea than a character. Which which would that's which his, what again you, that's the entirety of that. Yeah, game. which is what you would explain to the entirety of that game is is it's more of an idea. Right, Pascal. That's why I would and be, I would knock it down a little bit because they're giving you near and dear, near and dear to my heart, Steve. You're killing me to my core, <laughs> but I can see the argument. I can see the argument. I will concede, Pascal. Yeah, I will concede. It's fine. So then, so, does now, it come, so does it come to Madeline and Arthur Morgan then? It's murder cowboy versus sad girl. <laughs> <laughs> um. Honestly, for me, I'm willing to cut Madeline. Like, I, I would fight for, like, I would love her to be on this list. But, and I love the character, and I think it's, like, super motivational. But I think she's kind of a character that, like, 
Senua last year, I think we've seen this character kind of before. So it's not like mm. she's not... Well, we've kind of also seen Arthur Morgan types also yeah. all the time with, hey, I'm kind of in this gang and I'm the heart of the gang. Yeah, so I, I don't true. think that's... I don't think that's a justification to eliminate Madeline no. or Arthur Morgan because mm-hmm. we've seen them before. Yeah, I think it, I think it's just how execute how well executed do we feel like? Yeah. Well, I think that the execution on Madeline is just amazing, and if like by the by the end of the game, like just the final moments of the game are so amazing because her care the build of her character and the way that you progress <clears throat> as a human as a human being and the emotion w- that, that that it brings to you i will what, I, what I, I will find... i will say the 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 one thing that i don't have a good counterpoint for arthur morgan is that i'm still playing red dead redemption 2 so i don't know don't see what one. happens that's yeah to, to his, how his arc ends, yeah. yeah. Like I don't know, and that's that's where I would say probably Madeline would have, like probably like a, a more upper hand in this argument. I to, it's it's just with me with like the fucking twenty thirty hours I've played Red Dead Redemption two. I just I just love Arthur Morgan as a character just for that game because he's just so perfect yeah. for that setting right. and what he does and everything. But yeah, I have I have no idea like where it's I'm I'm in the weird part of the game now, so like I don't know where the fuck it's gonna go from here on out. Uh, right. For me, it sounds much more impressive that Madeline has that kind of an impact, especially given the minimalist art style and the whole presentation around that. Right. To know that they also pulled off that kind of a character arc mm-hmm. that is that lasting and that impactful. Yeah, I think I think given that Madeline deserves her place on this list. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I I I'd be willing to accept that. Yeah. All right. So so. Atreus. Atreus. <laughs> Atreus. He, he has to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Boy, boy wins. He's boy he's got wins. he's got the best arc in that whole game, mm-hmm. and you get to experience everything from. Yeah. Beginning to end, you just see him develop, and the performance is excellent. And yeah, congratulations, Loki. <laughs> <laughs> Atreus from God of War wins best new character with runners-up of Connor and Hank from Detroit Become Human and Madeline from Celeste. Hell of a year. Mm-hmm. Pascal is still a perfect prince. <laughs> Uh, moving on, our next category is Best Sound. <clears throat> best Sound. We have four nominees, Dead Cells, Runner 3, God of War, Forza Horizon 4, Marvel Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption 2, Celeste, and Donut County. Hmm. Okay, so let me talk. Forza Horizon 4 has some real good car sounds, has some real good breaking shit sounds, real good crunches, real good brakes, real good squealing, burning tires. It's it's just really well designed, but I mm-hmm. don't see it hanging and having the lasting impact. It's what you would expect out of a really well-made car game. Right. 
that being said, there's some weird audio balance issues sometimes where mm. suddenly tires will be a lot louder than everything else, <laughs> and I don't get it. Maybe they fixed it. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I don't I don't think it hangs with anything else. I'll um, concede Donut County, but I do want to just say there's one thing that I think is so good about the sound in that game, and that's why I put it on the list because I just wanted to talk about it, is when they're doing their little – when they're speaking, they're, I mean, obviously they don't have, like, Voices. voice actors or anything. But when the letters pop on the screen and the way that they do it, it sounds like they're saying that. It's just really... Mm. Oh, like, so, I listen to it in headphones, right. and it really sounds like when, it go, when they go through it, it, like, the letters pop on and it makes the sound of, like, just a, you can audibly kind of hear what they're saying while the letters pop on. It's just a really weird thing, and I just think it's cool. That they like took all of that. I don't know how they did it. I don't know where they got it from, and like right. what went into doing that. Oh, I, but it's just really. Fucking I can tell cool. you the inspiration. That it definitely is reminiscent of Animal Crossing okay. when people are speaking in animalese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you play enough Animal Crossing with headphones, you can eventually understand animalese, <laughs> and that's a terrible <laughs> dark place. But it's very reminiscent of that, and yeah, it's they fucking pull it off in Donut yeah. County. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's it's just really yeah, cool. that's just cool. Outside of that, like the music is awesome and everything, but that's another category. We'll get, but um, we'll get to that. Yeah, like, outside of that, it's just spoilers. <laughs> outside of that, it's just kind of like regular sounds of things, you know, like. But it's still good. Yeah. Overall, it's still good, and I think it deserves just to be mentioned. Certainly, I completely agree. Mentioned and struck in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Runner 3, <laughs> real good sound design throughout the entirety of it, but it is a rhythm game, so the sound is so closely tied to music Yeah. that I think in my mind I'm conflating the two. <laughs> yes. So I will strike it from the <laughs> record here. Right. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm like... What, so the gold and gem sounds, like, really fucking tickle your fancy? <laughs> so, actually, and I, I will strike it based off of that, because it refuses to make those sounds the moment you collect them if it's offbeat. If you're yes. off by a little bit, so that kind of pulls you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would I would call that disqualifying in, in this mm-hmm. instance. But you want to talk about a game that has good sound with good, like, impact and hits? Let's talk about some Dead Cells. Mm. Cracking down a door, hearing that splinter, getting a good critical hit, that whip sound, Mm -hmm. that good hard snap, and then the extra bass that goes into it if you get a critical on it. And the traps, the doors, the enemy sounds... If they like want the, something the to tells, s- the tells too, because there's little yeah. audio cues as well, so you know when they're about to attack you. Yeah, it it all just kind of flows together so goddamn well. Oh wait, we're not talking about God of War. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, honestly, all those same arguments can apply. <laughs> yes, yes, that's why. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But to me, the the difference is God of War. The defining sound effect. Mm-hmm. Is the axe hitting the palm of your hand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, that just sounds good every just fucking that, time. Yeah, fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, God of War I, is on this list. Oh, yeah. I, I, I went, I went deep down a rabbit hole on learning about the in- intricacies of the whole like 
re- recalling axe and throwing the axe that whole development engine that they made on that mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah yeah but dead cells is also very well designed from an audio oh, standpoint yeah, that's Definitely. that is true the the cl- i've spent more time in that spawning room just jumping through the bottles to hear the clinking mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's so good <laughs> Just the clinking bottles. So let me let me talk about Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, I mean, it's a fucking Rockstar game. I mean, mm-hmm. they're gonna. There's all kinds of things. There's all kinds of shit in the world. Like there's there's gonna be like a huge variety of sound. I mean, that's just that's kind of a given with that game. Uh, but I think what's I think what's well done about it is just there's there's a lot of crispness to a lot of the sounds especially like the guns just because there is like just mechanically the guns you actually have to re you have to like like for a repeater you have to actually pull the lever you have to do an extra action so there's extra sound in there for for the fucking lever like retracting and hearing the the uh the shell eject and like everything like all of that there's just like so many fucking layers to that that it just is there for all the different guns and uh oh and then like all the different creatures and animals um so really it's just more of just not just a quality but just quantity there's just so fucking much in that game, there's just so many different distinct sounds that you just know and recognize. Um, so it's maybe not so much of an engineering standpoint of like how well it's executed, but it's just like it's just so well done, just because of so much is there, mm-hmm. and you just recognize a lot of the sounds. Um, and and even to kind of go with, I guess like the the amount of sounds too depending on how you walk through a door whether if it's slow or you fucking bash through it at full speed you do a kramer into a saloon (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. uh and they have and they have different doors too whether if it is the saloon where it's like you know open like open doors kind of thing where it's not fully closed closed or if it's just like a swinging doors like they have different sounds for that kind of shit too um they have different sounds for when you're running around in snow or rain or you're galloping in snow or rain on horseback. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of... It, it's just a lot. It's just so much there mm-hmm. that I think it's just at least worthwhile mentioning if it doesn't reach the list. Right. We still got a couple of other things to talk y- about. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> we, we will not eliminate it. It's Right. Steve, what about Celeste? How's Celeste on the sound from? Um, I I really love Celeste just because it's got that like it it just holds true to that pixel sound, you know, that like old Super Nintendo sound of it's it's just all pixels. Um, I would be okay striking it just because it is that like, you know, that it's just that nostalgic like Mm-hmm. There's not a there's actually not a lot of sounds because most of it has to do with just like there's the mechanic of jumping and like shooting yourself across. And so right. it's just a lot of that, but it's just like so satisfying when you hear it. Like the just like the 
you shoot across and then you grab and there's like a little grab sound and when you like uh collect like the little strawberries and stuff there's just these like little satisfying sounds that it it like harkens i guess i would say it's like on that like um link to the past level where like when you collect something it just feels good um mm-hmm. and i just think they hold hold true to that like just that feeling of of nostalgia that it gives you when you when you do things cool yeah the more you talk about it the more i'm probably going to buy celeste <laughs> god damn it yeah same how about spider-man the last one we need to talk about before we start drawing blood. <laughs> right. Uh, man, Spider-Man just... I think more than just sound effects, like, there's just some really good... Uh, I mean, J. Jonah Jameson's fucking little podcast thing that he has in those is just another layer of world building and gets you into the mindset of being like, okay, this is the world that this is in Spider-Man and like where he is as a character and he's still fucking J. Jonah Jameson, <laughs> but it's like, it's kind of funny cause so many people are like, Oh man, J. Jonah Jameson. So Alex Jones. And it's like, dude, he was motherfucking Alex Jones before Alex Jones was Alex Jones. Okay. <laughs> like I don't, I don't think yeah. people understand. It's just because it's an easier comparison it's easier to just get that connection um but no i think i think it's just like the levels of oh you know what here's why fucking that game should get best sound is because there's two they did two different voice tracks for whether if you're swinging around the city or you're standing still and talking in your phone conversations Oh, right, they did. They did different audio takes depending on the scenario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not the scenario. It, yeah, well, yeah, the, like, whether if you're swinging around the city, yeah, where he's exerting himself. The, the player state. Yes, yes, correct. Yeah. Oh, so so yeah. That, that was the one big one that I was like, holy fuck, that's awesome. For me, just alone, the travel noises, when you are spider, when you're traveling around, that thwip, of the web yep and if you like just how it makes you feel like you're moving fast as fuck <laughs> makes you feel like it spider-man feel like <laughs> spider-man we made it, it just makes you we feel did it like you're moving traveling so fast like mm-hmm. when you do your little like when you shoot straight down the whoosh noise like it just it's just like i said with celeste it's just fucking satisfying like it just it mm-hmm. feels right and i think they did it perfectly now, also, side note, which I totally forgot about it, that this also is in Red Dead Redemption 2. They did the same thing with the voice actors, because if you're, depending on, if you're talking to other characters, if they're on horseback, and if a character that you're having a conversation with, if you stop and they get further away, they actually shout at each other. Huh. That's cool. Huh. So, whether, depending on how close or how far away, they also do the same thing, where it's like, they have two different voice recordings depending on how far away the characters are, whether they might be shouting at each other or just be having a normal conversation. Yeah, but how's that whip impact? <laughs> <laughs> there are no whip sounds in 
Red Dead Redemption Two, unfortunately, disqualified. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm willing to put Spider Man on this list because I, f- I forgot about that mm. whole exertion level of detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's that's really great. Let's put let's let's put Spider Man on the list. Yeah, but ah, uh, I don't know, man. Dead Cells has so much going for it, audio wise. I mean, I understand the level of dedication in Red Dead Redemption, getting the accurate and, and everything mm-hmm. together for horses, carriages, guns, all the different layers of guns. But Dead Cells has so much going on with it, too, for each of the different weapons, each of the different... As soon as you pick up a bow, just based off of the sound you hear when you hit the first the first time you hit that button, you know how that bow is going to perform. Mm-hmm. If you hear that slow drawing of it, you know this is going to be a big, slow, terrible thing that you shouldn't be using at all. <laughs> or you pick up a well, sword. Well, that's, gonna... that's why you have a melee item that's fast, so then it counteracts the, <laughs> uh, the slow drawing. I don't know. I had a slow melee and a slow draw at one point and made it pretty far. Right. By the grace of God, but <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh... I don't know, but does it have two layers of conversations on horseback? <laughs> no, but the main character has one eyeball, and he's a real asshole. That has nothing to do with sound, Darren. But it, but he slimes around so good whenever you die. That sound of it slapping wet on the floor and rolling across. And the whole build up and charge every time you go to heal, every time you go to refill your flask, the, the popping, the uncorking, the draining liquids... Okay, the here's my... Here's snap my, of the traps. Here's my, here's my other counterpoint that also involves more dialogue uh you can literally talk to any npc in that world and have a conversation with them more doesn't necessarily mean better though some of them are actually pretty fucking funny though but not like you can more... you, like you can have a conversation with people where morgan's like he's like He's like, hey, I'm having a good day today. The guy's like, okay. And he's like, well, I don't know why I said that to you, but anyway, bye. <laughs> well, now you're getting more into, like, performance, though, too. And I, I get what you're getting at. Mm. But, like, Dead Cells has no dialogue. And, like, I don't think having more dialogue and a better performance of dialogue really... Yeah, I don't know. I really like Dead Cells. And I really like Oh, no, I did too. I do too. I love both games. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to sway one way or the other, honestly. And we still have Celeste again. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget I'd, Celeste. It hasn't been I'd eliminated. be willing to strike Celeste because I like Dead Cells sound better. There's just more. Hmm, there's just okay. more going on. There's just a lot more that they had to do. Celeste is just okay. a lot more simple. 
mm-hmm. which is, I mean, can be amazing in the way that they do it is impactful. But I, I actually feel like the immersion of Dead Cells sound is is better because yeah. they do they it is it's like grotesque sounding and stuff. Like I, I don't know. I just, I really like yeah. it. Yeah. <clears throat> and the background noises mm-hmm. that you get on some of the levels, like if you're down in the sewers, it's just this slimy, sloppy mess. Whereas if you're up in the towers, it's the wind and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wish I would have put a little bit know, of time man. into Red Dead Redemption, so I could. Uh, yeah, it just wasn't a game I gave two shits about, but that's just me. Like that's just a taste thing from my side. I mean, this is this is the argument between it's like an indie developer versus a fucking triple A. Yeah. Oh yeah. Company right. like Rockstar that has the funds and capabilities to have everything. Just yeah, they can yeah, have everything. They can get everything they want. Right. Right, but we kind of have to separate from mm-hmm. that. Right. I guess just, just quality. Me, that's, been, that's been gnawing at the back of my head too. <laughs> Um, I guess I guess if I really had to pick out between the two, just like as far as like very distinct sounds, I would say that Dead Cells would win it over Red Dead, because like you were saying there, and I think that was the point you were trying to make is that Red Dead is like, yes, we recognize it, and yes, we understand it, mm-hmm. but Dead Cells is like, it's a lot more distinct than it is than red dead right if that makes yeah. sense no i think that's that's yeah that's kind of what i, I think was that i think that's a good at, way but... to describe it because you have to like what in red dead redemption and game like that you, you you're obviously going to want to make accurate sounds to like life and stuff like that but with right. dead cells like a lot of creativity and a lot of like like understanding of what like just thinking about what that sound should make goes like a lot of that goes into it. Not say, I mean, a lot of hard work obviously went into Red Dead Redemption, but it's it's just right. in a different way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't to say Red Dead sound is no, terrible. Like this is a hard choice. Yeah. No, it's a h- extremely hard but, choice. It's just trying to explain our way to, see... to to be able to pick one yeah. of these fucking games. You know, right? I would love to see Dead Cells on this list. I don't think we're picking a winner here. We're just picking the third slot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my vote, my vote's still for Dead Cells. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. <clears throat> okay. So then the question becomes, which wins? Yeah, this is God of War or Spider Man. <laughs> Being as I played only God of War, that's where I'm leaning. But. The fact that they did double takes of most of the lines and so much of Spider-Man is reliant on that good web-slinging sound. Mm. Yeah, this is a tough one for me because I really like the immersion of, of, the, of Spider-Man's sound and stuff and how like they make you feel yeah. like you're moving so fast. But I don't know. But God of War I'm, like, I'm just going to remove... But but I'm the hit remove myself. <laughs> but but the hits the hits from God yeah. of War just sound so fucking good and so impactful. I actually think just based on the sounds of the axe alone, I would give God of War the sound. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 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 also when you when you throw that fucking axe far, you hear yeah. it go far, and then when you call it, 
you hear it fucking come back no matter what distance it is like you fucking feel that thing coming you hear it coming you hear it hit shit and it's just like yeah there's it's just a cool fucking thing there were entire sequences within that game that i forgot i didn't have the axe like where you have to lock it into something and just keep going so i forgot i'd had it Mm. and i didn't have it until i was like halfway across the level (laughs) <laughs> and then it's like oh shit like i hit it and it took a good like seven seconds at one point yeah but you hear it the clanging the banging yeah. the cracking like not to mention like dropping a fucking pillar on those ogre or those giant oh, monster God, skulls yeah. mm-hmm. just the crunching of bone mm-hmm. the snapping of arms mm-hmm. which we never even talked nope. about <laughs> Uh, how about the fact that when you tear those fucking, uh, uh, Wolfer dudes. Yeah. Yeah. If you do the... Tear their jaw off? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. And the the serpent's voice and everything. Like, it's just... Oh. All right, no, fucking God War wins. I'm sorry. No, the serpent, the world world serpent. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) You just reminded me about that. Yeah, no. so good. Yeah. I... Yeah, I've I've got I've got my fucking theater system, and when that fucking world serpent came out, oh it was just like God. my whole house was shaking, <laughs> bowel yeah. shaking. Yeah, man, congratulations, God of War, sound of the year, runners up of Dead Cells and Spider Man. Uh, do we want to keep going and plug into best music next? I'm good with it. Ooh. Depends on what you guys are. I'm I'm good to keep going. Um, I'm good with it as well. It's, All right. Because this is going to be another yeah. pretty long yeah. one. So, yeah, this is going to be a knockdown drag out. We have for best music nominees are God of War, Celeste, Spider Man, Far Cry 5, Minute, Runner 3, Red Dead Redemption 2, Near Automata, Into the Breach, Stardew Valley, and Donut County. Where the fuck do we start? <laughs> All right, Into the Breach. Into sure. the Breach came out in March, and it is the follow-up to FTL. It is that company's next game. It is a top-down isometric strategy game, and the music stands in stark contrast to FTL. It's a still still the kind of kind of the same type of genre, but it's much less much less relaxing and explorative mm-hmm. and much more intense industrial and industrial yeah and very much very well suited for that type of mech game it's probably my favorite soundtrack of the year it's it's phenomenal and i find myself coming back to it when i really need to like if i'm at work and i need to sit down and concentrate <laughs> i put on into the breach and i am fucking in it <laughs> at mm. that point like it is, it is a phenomenal soundtrack in and outside that game. Yeah, yeah, I, I've listened to it a lot too, even though I haven't even played Into the Breach. I just like uh, same. I, think the, uh, I I listened to a little bit uh, of it. <clears throat> guy who makes the music, his name is like Ben Prunty or something like that, and he he did FTL yeah. as well, and he's just a good composer. Like he's just fucking his mm-hmm. music is great, and I I really like Into the Breach's music a lot as well. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal soundtrack. 
in the same spirit, I took some time to listen to the Celeste soundtrack, Steve, mm-hmm. despite not ever touching that yeah. game. And that soundtrack is really fantastic. Yeah. It 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 leaps between different genres even oh, yeah. in a way that I did not anticipate. Yeah. Yeah, it is that's another one where like I can put that on and it's like motivational. You know, it's just got that it's mm. nostalgic, but it's also fresh. Like which mm. which that's what really surprises me is like that people can still create these like kind of sixteen bit sounds, you know, that from came from the Super Nintendo era or the Nintendo era and still make it sound like brand new, like no one's ever done this before. And I think Celeste kinda that soundtrack really kind of does that is just it has that nostalgia but it's like damn i haven't heard anything like this i haven't heard any other game do something like this which yeah yeah, which yeah it's immediately relevant and immediately like new and different yeah um i'll also i'll talk about far cry 5 because that's another game i haven't played that game but i've listened to the soundtrack because the band that mm. did the soundtrack is is uh, the name of the band is Hammock, and they are like this. I really, I've always liked, I've liked them for a long time, and they do like mm. really ambient, like kind of beautiful low low key songs, and it's just like so atmospheric, and it's it's just really well done. I, I'm willing to strike it just because, um. I didn't really play the game, so it didn't really. I don't see like the pairing of the atmosphere and stuff. But I'm, it's intriguing mm. that they picked that band to do that. I was really surprised that that um, mm. they did the soundtrack, and I, I think I think uh, you guys would really like it. And it's yeah, I I was surprised by it, and yeah. I'll I'll have to take yeah, a look you, at that because yeah, that that's a soundtrack that I would never have listened to on my own. Yeah, yeah. I, I when I saw Far Cry Five on your list, I was like, yeah, what? No, no. I was actually when that when it came out, I was like very surprised. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, mm, Amic yeah. did the soundtrack to Far Cry Five. Well, like, why would they even mm. pick this band to do this? It's like, I don't know. It makes me like kind of want to play the game just to see like the moments where they use this mm-hmm. music and stuff and why they chose it, you know? Cause it's like really mm-hmm. like, it's really ambient and really sad, like just super fucking sad. Mm. Um, mm. Sound Weird. like, yeah, it just sounds sad and like it's melancholy. But I think, I mean, actually kind of thinking about Far Cry 5 and what they're going for, maybe it does like that melancholic like feeling, I guess it would probably work for the, for like what they're going for. <clears throat> right to to kind of to kind of bum off your uh your thoughts about far cry 5 steve that's kind of how i feel about red dead mm-hmm. redemption 2 like it's very atmospheric mm-hmm. and it does it does very well to swell up during those tense moments and and like have a lot of variety for depending what area you're into Mm -hmm. like depending on whether if you're in the mountains or out in the open field or in a city like it'll play different music that's very ambient and very low-key just like going around and that does that so well but i also don't see myself like i don't know compared to everything else i'm not like man i really want to listen to the fucking red dead redemption 2 yeah score like Mm -hmm. it's just it's kind of more of 
Like it's it does very well for in game, mm-hmm. but outside the game setting, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. But for anything like outside, because that's kind of like what we've done best music for throughout the years was always like, does it work really well? Does it seem really well of like music, like mm-hmm. as a score, mm-hmm. like outside of the game as well? And I mean, maybe if I wanted to get in the mindset of thinking of westerns sure <laughs> but but like outside of that it it does well within the game but i don't know i don't i don't we think listen to it outside of the game yeah it's it's pretty expected i guess right um yeah so that's that's why that's why i feel like red dead redemption 2 should get an honorable mention but can be struck down right yeah and in, in that same vein, I would say I, I feel very similar about Stardew Valley. Mm. I would love to listen to that soundtrack outside of that game. Mm. But A, it's very difficult to find that soundtrack <laughs> outside of that game. And B, I don't, I don't think it really holds up, especially compared to everything else. It's phenomenal mm. while you're playing that game as the perfect chill-out soundtrack to play Stardew Valley to. I agree, yeah. And it's perfect within the context and the confines of that game. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't really want to listen to it outside of that. Yeah. Right. I love Stardew Valley. It's it's wonderful, but I don't think its soundtrack really hangs. Yeah. For mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I would um I would actually say the same about Minute for me. Like, I think with what they did, it works perfectly and it's it's really good. But outside of the game, I don't think I would ever... And, and there's just not a lot of music because it's basically... I think it's mostly one song. Hey, hey, Darren. Hey, Darren. What? what? Stardew Valley soundtrack's on Spotify. <laughs> well, then that means it's probably on Google Play now. <laughs> it's it's always been on Spotify because I know I came across as one of my uh, Discover Weeklies or whatever. It popped up. I was like, hey, this sounds familiar. And then I looked at it. I was like, oh, shit, Stardew Valley. Yeah, but how many tracks are on there? Fucking lots. God damn it. Hold on. Sorry no, to that's, interject. That's it it it's just as soon as as soon as Darren was like, I can't find it anywhere, I was like, uh, I came across it on Spotify like months ago. God damn it. Yeah, the the version that's on uh Google Play is is like isn't not great. Not a not a large list. Yeah, no, there's 1.1 and 1.3, and it's only like four tracks each. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, this is this is 70 songs. Yeah, that's it's not on Google Play. <laughs> okay. Anyway, there we go. Boo. Uh, <laughs> You're <so> welcome. <laughs> minute. It's. I'm assuming that is just a one-minute song. No, I think it's long. I think it's like five minutes. Honestly, <laughs> I think it's like a five-minute song, because basically that well, because. Mm. Okay. It's it the game really doesn't stop. Like you mm-hmm. die and you just instantly restart. So it's like So does that track ever get grating or annoying at any No, point? not really. Like I that's why I think it works perfectly in the confines of of that. And there's other there are other songs I think, but they're just not like the main theme that you're listening to the entire time, but it doesn't get it doesn't really get grating or anything. It's like it's not like overbearing, annoying, like eight-bit music. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's 
much like Celeste, it's nostalgic. But it doesn't do what Celeste right. does. It doesn't like it doesn't take it and make it original. It takes it and uses it mm. for the confines of the game and it works with the game and it's good. Mm. But I don't think it's as original okay. as like something that Celeste like is in Celeste. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Yeah. That's why I would that's why I so would cut I, it. Okay. So Far Cry five and Minute. Yeah, we can cut both of those. Okay. All right. Uh, so I just added last minute Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. <laughs> I played through that this year for the first time. The soundtrack's real good. I, I can tell I'm not going to get the support, so I'll immediately strike it. <laughs> but I just want to say Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is a real good soundtrack. Sure. Uh, Donut County is also a real fucking good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It, it veers all over the place from hip-hop to rock to game soundtrack it is a fucking kick-ass soundtrack mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. donut county i'm not willing to let go yet okay uh let me three. no okay. go ahead i was no, gonna no. say I, I was gonna say i was gonna talk about spider-man next okay go ahead Actually. i want to hear about spider-man okay so so Spider-Man, I would say, like, as much as I do love listening to it, I don't think it holds up to some of the other contenders here, only because it still plays it safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does do some really interesting things, like some of the tracks that are in there for, uh, well, spoilers, I guess, uh, the Sinister Six. Like, if you actually yeah. listen to that with headphones, it's actually kind of cool what they do with the sound there for that track. Um, but that being said, like, I think that some of the music from Spider-Man, I think is like the best fucking Spider-Man sounding music (laughs) that's been around in a long time. Like that it's, it's very distinct Mm -hmm. as like a, this sounds very much like a Spider-Man kind of song for some of the themes. Do they ever do a riff on the original sixties theme? No. Spider-Man? No. Spider-Man. Unfortunately, no. Oh. Um, okay. Well, it's not that kind of game. They wouldn't lean, right. lean into that funny. No. I, I kind of wish they did, but... Right. Uh, but I would also say, like, on top of just uh, the sound of it, that it's also just how it's incorporated into the game. Uh, because once the second you start swinging around that city the music will fucking swell up and like it's like really good swinging music like you really it's just like yeah this sounds like this is the kind of music while he's swinging around like this is what you would be hearing and once you land or get to your destination it'll like kind of uh stops yeah, it'll kind of stop, but not like abrupt. It kind of like, like but sl- it'll slows down, fades fade. away. Yeah, yeah, it'll it, it'll fade like within within on beat and everything. So it sounds like like it's so organic, and okay. I think that's like that's so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean the only the only downside I would say is that it's kind of predictable because that's what I'm saying. Where it's like it makes sense that it sounds like that. Yeah. There's nothing really new. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is new. Like, cause if you were to like, listen to all the fucking anything that's Spider-Man media, you'd be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This like kind of fits within there. Or it's like, you know, it's, 
it's as good as like the fucking Danny Elfman ones mm-hmm. from oh yeah the old the old Spider-Man ones. Um, oh, yeah, but yeah, but I would say the one downside is that yeah, it like kind of plays it safe. There's not really anything outside of the Sinister Six song uh, theme. Like, there's nothing really that's kind of like really different. Yeah. No, that it does. I, I agree with that. I really love the soundtrack, um, and I think, oh, yeah. like, like you said, each song kind of defines a moment, and I like that they did mm-hmm. that. I like the way that they did that, but I do agree that it's it is kind of safe music that they really like. If it sounds like Marvel music, you know, like it sounds like mm-hmm. it. Oh I, yeah. Like I, like kind of felt like I was watching a Marvel movie almost while playing the game because the music really feels like it. And in that sense, mm-hmm. I think it's amazing, but I also think that it takes a little bit away from it being the best just because mm-hmm. it's kind of music that it defines that game. But it also like, if I listen to it alone, I could put it with another Marvel movie and not like feel much different mm-hmm. about it, you know, but I think they right. really did a good job of like, when you're swinging, this is the music that you hear and stuff, and it makes you feel like you're in the Marvel universe. Not gonna say mm-hmm. it makes you feel like you're Spider-Man. <laughs> Fuck that. Good <laughs> it catch. Makes you feel Good like catch. you're in the Marvel universe, but um, yeah, I, I really like the music, but I think I don't know if I'd want to strike it yet. I'd like to like I'd okay. like to listen to other to arguments of other games first before we completely strike it. Okay. Let me tell you about Near Automata and its <laughs> use of music. Holy I, shit. I, I can back you up. Out of the a time that I did play Near, that was the one thing that I was like, okay. So you good. got you got to the amusement park, right? Yes. Because that's really where the music really fucking shines. And it only is enhanced on the second storyline. Un- unfortunately, you didn't make it to the second storyline. Uh, <laughs> but... It's kind of operatic mm-hmm. in its delivery. Mm-hmm. You you have a very oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a very dramatic style of music. Mm. I I bought I actually physically bought the album. It's been a long while since I've done that for any game, but it is a three disc giant compilation. <laughs> The amazing thing is, is that there's hacking in this game, and you really get into that on the second route, mm-hmm. route B, that every song, whenever you enter into hacking or are being hacked, as soon as you're in there, it flips seamlessly to an 8-bit version of the exact same song you're currently listening to, mm. to reflect that, hey, you're now being hacked or you're hacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the music itself swells ebbs and flows perfectly to suit the mood of the current situation mm-hmm. when you're in pascal's village it's a very toned down kind of piano-y style song that's very distinct when you're in the desert at the old apartment complexes it's probably my least favorite song but it's very indicative of that you have no one's ever singing in english or a discernible language Mm-hmm. I think it's mostly Latin, but it all lines up perfectly executed to each scene that it needs to have that music in. Mm-hmm. There are very few soundtracks that I go back to as frequently as I do Near Automata. It's 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 an accomplishment 
that I think transcends the game itself. Not everyone's going to be into the game of Nier Automata, but that soundtrack, I think, is a lot more approachable than the game itself. Yeah. Yeah, I, think, I, I agree yeah. with that because, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even complete the first run of that game, but I did, with my time with it, I was able to appreciate the music during the, those times and you know it kind of sucks yeah. i didn't get to any of like those little in- intricacies like of what you were what saying what happens like, with the story and well i mean that too but yeah. like also just how it how the music plays while you're in those segments when um, when you're getting hacked or being hacked or, right. or hacking and, and that's why i pointed out the amusement park specifically because that's the first time you encounter that mm-hmm. she will hack you mm. And if you pay attention, the music does completely shift into that 8-bit style Mm. as you're being hacked. Right. And it's only inklings and tinklings, but the second character you play as on Route B, the main attack of that character is hacking. So Mm. you're you're encountering it a lot more, and so you're exposed to it so much. Right. That absolutely every musical track has an 8-bit rendition. Because you can hack anyone. Right. You can hack the planet. Like, if you go in and you ha- you can hack Pascal in the village. So the village mm. theme actually has a low-key rendition. It's, mm. it's fucking weird, man. And I, I love it. I, I hold that soundtrack up, and it is a shining beacon of ingenuity and originality that you very rarely see in games. To mm. have it be both the operatic style and have it execute on that level, it's ridiculous. Hmm. Uh, let's talk about God of War I feel that the God of War soundtrack is very similar to like Red Dead Redemption 2 and that it's very indicative of it and it's really well put together with the Norse mythology and it lines up perfectly with those scenes mm-hmm. but it's not a soundtrack I would reach out to and listen to on my own time maybe that's just me Okay. Yes, it is. Because okay. <laughs> I've listened to that fucking soundtrack all the goddamn I've time. To it a lot too. Be- because okay. that, because that, for me, I knew that I was in love with that music. Was right at that opening segment of God of War. Uh, was when they were burning. Uh, they they were burning the ashes of the mother, like that whole segment. That mm-hmm. whole opening segment with that music, just the the way that it is, the performance of it, and just the way it swells, and um, the way it crescendos and everything, and then also has, like, the little cues of Kratos' theme in there as well. Like, whenever Kratos is, like, part of that whole ceremony, like... The, the song Ashes, that's what it's called. Like, that whole song in and of itself is just so fucking good. And I've listened to that track alone, like, so many times. And the God of War track as well, like, the main theme is, like, so fucking distinct as to yeah just that whole game. Yeah. Um, like, thematically, it's just so well yeah, fucking done. Yeah, I think for me... And the reason why God of War's music is so good for me is that it kind of goes along with what Darren said, but I think it breaks that. It's it's 
it could have gotten lost in any other like that style of game music you know like this orchestral Mm -hmm. like fantasy kind of driven music Mm -hmm. but it sounds it sounds like that but it sounds so different from what any of those other like games have created and that's where i was blown away by it is that they did something that's this orchestral like it's hard to it's hard to like listen to that and not have it define like a game like you could it could get Mm. lost you know where you listen to it and you're just like well that sounds like any other shit that i've ever heard where this one it Mm. there is something about it that just defines god of war and i think that's like really hard to do with that music and that's why i really like Mm. it because you could like listen to it and be like well huh sounds like lord of the rings or something you know but this it sounds like fucking god of war and i think with orchestral music it's hard to define it's hard to define one thing with it and they do it and that's why i really like it and i think that's why it resonates with me and i still listen to it wow that was completely lost on me like it just kind of blended (laughs) into the background i was focused too much on the story or what was going on at the time it just didn't resonate with me to the i mean levels that it did i played it with headphones on so i was just like in the world so that'll probably do a big thing huge for me and it like defines a lot of moments and it defines i don't know i just i just really liked it I mean, I I had my soundbar and subwoofer, and I had that shit cranked. So <laughs> right, <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> right. Where, whereas for me, I had the exact same response to near, where mm. though that music defines so many of those events, so many of those locations, and I I just I didn't get that for God of War, but okay. Uh, last song. Last song. Well, your opinion's bad, and you should feel <laughs> bad. <laughs> no, no. Like, I will go and I will re-listen to that soundtrack. Um, but it just in the moment, playing through it, it just didn't. It didn't hit me like that. Yeah. No, mm. I definitely. I can definitely for one reason or I can another. Definitely see see your point on it because you do get mm. invested in the game. So sometimes that just pff, it's the last thing yeah. on your mind, you know. But but that's that's part of my thinking too. Is that was I so invested in it because of the music? Did it subtly, subconsciously enhance <laughs> my experience of it? Because right. I could not put that game down. I played the entire second act in a single day, hmm. mm-hmm. from the big midpoint thing all the way through to the end in one sitting. Mm. And I do not regret <laughs> that in any capacity. <laughs> Uh, last soundtrack to talk about is Runner 3. The problem with the Runner 3 soundtrack is that that is a rhythm-based game, and so if you fuck up that soundtrack, that game is shit. (laughs) They did not fuck up that soundtrack. Right. It is every bit as goofy, off-the-wall, and fucking awesome as that game is. Mm. The Runner 3 soundtrack is incredible. I, I, I will say that the Runner 3 soundtrack is just fun. It's just pure fun of of the kind of music to listen to. It is fun. It is happy. If you're... it, it I put it up there with, like, the Katamari... Not up next to, but underneath the R- Katamari right, Damacy right. soundtrack as... If you need a pick-me-up, mm-hmm. you put on the Runner 3 soundtrack, and by the time... What, what's that song? I know your favorite song. Uh, uh, yeah. Deep, but Deep Fart Wet Funk, as soon as that song <laughs> comes on, which is arguably the best-named song 
Mine is, uh, it's Arbor Day. Arbor Day's real good. Arbor Day is real good. It's a Yours really... was Gears and Fears, I thought. I really like Gears for Fears. Yeah. It's it's all really, really good. Mm-hmm. But looking across everything else, does it really hang with everything else? Because we need to start making cuts here. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I would say, and this is up to you too, Wally, I would say I'm willing to cut Spider-Man. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that because I think I think for what it does, it does very well for that game. But like we were saying, it, it is very safe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing really new that it does. But that's not to say it's bad. It's just compared to everything else. Yeah. That has a very distinct sound and and song mm-hmm. uh, titles and everything. Yeah, it's. I I'd be willing to cut that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's completely up to you too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not touch that game. Oh. It sounds like to me like because between between Steve and I, we definitely feel like God of War should be on there. And I, I, this is just me just talking out loud here. Right. Uh, no decisions are being made. Right. Uh, I had an appreciation for Nier because I had heard before I played it that it was very good, that the music mm-hmm. was very good. And I, with my time with it, I was like, yeah, okay, this is, this is pretty good. Um, and and near hit you like it did for me and Steve with God of War, right? And so, I I completely concede that, and I do agree with you guys, despite it not resonating with me as much. Mm-hmm. That the God of War music should be should be on this list because if I can get through it, and I had the same emotional impact. We'll, we'll get to that later with the story of God mm-hmm. of War, and I think a lot of that is subconsciously because of the soundtrack. Mm. If that soundtrack were garbage, I don't think those emotional points would really hit as yeah. much. So, game recognized game. I think God of War belongs yeah. on this. And list. I would say God of War too. Like like we were talking about with like Red Dead Redemption and stuff. Like you do have to sit down and listen to it. I think because it does more blend in with mm-hmm. it, and then that's when you remember like the emotions you felt in the moments that those songs are played i think and mm, that's right. why i think it's a, a really good soundtrack as well and maybe that's why in in the moments it didn't resonate you don't think about the sound as much because you're thinking yeah, about the moments that exactly are and they blend in the sound yeah i'm too invested in yeah. the story and, it, at the, and time. the sound kind of just amalgamates with the scene so it makes it that much more powerful and i think maybe that's right. why you, you maybe can't remember the sound songs as much or Oh yeah, c- completely. I'm. I will completely agree with that. Oh God, this but, is gonna yeah. hurt. But like Wally was saying too, with I haven't even listened to any near or anything. But I think right. I'm. I'm gonna hold off on okay. that yet. I'm still fighting in- internally. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. In, yeah, because the... for because because for me, like near, I I had an appreciation of where I was like, oh right. yeah, this sounds pretty good. But I wasn't like. Holy shit, I got to listen to this, you know? Like I wasn't Yeah. And and for me that didn't really hit until 
the second route. Right. Where all of a sudden it opens up in a way that's like, holy God, like mm. this is incredible. Right. Uh, this is going to hurt me a lot. Into the Breach is a beautiful soundtrack that I love with all of my heart that I will be listening to for years and years to come. Normally paired right up with FTL. Mm. That's like, it's not really breaking new ground. Right. In a way that FTL was. It is just as good. It is, in my heart of hearts, one of my personal favorite soundtracks of the year. I think we can let it go. Mm-hmm. Because it isn't breaking anything new. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I listened to it, and there wasn't anything that really yeah. grabbed me when I was listening to it. I'm like, yeah, this is just... This sounds pretty good. I like, love it so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like, like it, too, but kill I'd our be children. okay with it. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Donut County, Steve? I, love I really that love Donut so County hardcore. soundtrack. I think. Um, I mean, it me. I think the soundtrack means a lot to that game because there isn't a lot to do, you know. So like listening to the sound to the soundtrack drives you and keeps you playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't sat down and really listened to it hard though so i don't have a huge opinion on it i just really liked it in the moment um for for me if it comes down between anything else on my list and donut county getting on that on i think i would be happier with any of the other three here than donut mm -hmm. county because donut county yeah it's a really amazing soundtrack i sat down i listened to it a bunch but I don't keep coming back to it like I do with these yeah. other games. I love it. It is a it is a sparkling brand new thing. Yeah. No, I agree. But it just doesn't have the impact yeah, for me. me. Me as well. It didn't really like I thought it was good and it worked perfectly with the game, but it's not like I was real hot on it for like a week and a half this year. <laughs> I think we're doing ourselves a disservice if we don't put Nier on the list. We are doing that soundtrack a disservice. For some of us, it's the best thing about that game. <laughs> but it's between Nier, Celeste, and Runner 3, and one of these children need to so, die. So I, so I don't really have an opinion on Celeste, because... Um, I even thought about this morning. I was like, man, I should probably listen to some of it just so I can at least have the background there. An opinion on it, but I I just fucking didn't. And you know, so really it's gonna come down between you and Steve of talking about whether Celeste should move on or not. Yeah. Let's talk about Runner Three in the context of the greater runner franchise. Okay. Runner 2's music and Runner 3's music, it's a logical evolution, much like Into the Breach was to FTL. I don't really remember Runner 2 music. Because that was do. that was that was a long time ago and I played that for a while on my PC and then just didn't after that. I actually and I actually did not get as far like I am the furthest in Runner 3 than I was in any Bitrip Runner game. Right, and this is part of my, my thought process on Runner 3. I wonder if that's resonating with us right now as much because we are currently playing it. 
as mm. much. Like, this originally came out back in May. I wonder if we had bought it back then and played it then, if we would be having the same discussion now. That do- that shouldn't weigh in on this evaluation one way or the other. Right. I mean, God of War came out in fucking April, so... <laughs> right, and that one stood the test of time. I'm wondering mm. if Runner okay. 3 will, okay. is my question. Right. Whereas for me, I played near. I started it last year at some point, never actually finished it until this year. Right. Uh, I mean, I'd 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 be willing to cut it and then let you guys fight over Celeste. Well, well I got well. Three. Well, if you cut Renner three, then then Celeste and Nier would be on the list. Okay, then yeah. I'd, I'd be okay with cutting Runner 3 because it is a really great soundtrack, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you where uh, it just seems like it's more of a logical step with yeah. each with each soundtrack as opposed yeah. to being like where all of these are just very distinct depending on what game it is. Yeah, and Runner, th- Runner 3 soundtrack, real good. It hurts real bad. Yeah. But I would much rather see Nier on this list, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I give you Nier Automata, best soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> no arguments. Uh, it's just nope, we're wins. good. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Celeste, Celeste does such weird things that I've never seen a game really shift genres mm-hmm. like that. To go from complete 8-bit to kind of mini orchestral type yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, it's like you with Into the Breach. Celeste is my favorite soundtrack of the year. I I really love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've listened to it a lot. Oh, God. I, did we did we just pick one thing that each of us really like the most? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, pretty Well, much. I really and like God of War we're going to have to... So. Okay. okay. I, I would be okay with God of Honestly, War winning this, like I, I would, said. Like, Celeste is my favorite, but I think, like... God of War, like, since it resonated with you as well, Wally, and it really resonates with me, like, I'm fine with putting having God of War win. And, like, yeah, the the amount of glowing praise that you two are giving that, I'm completely okay with just stepping and, aside. And, and and you should give it another <laughs> listen, Darren, on its own. I, 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 I plan on it. Yeah, because it so, is real good. Congratulations to God of War, your best soundtrack of 2018. Runners-up of Near Near Automata and Celeste. That will conclude this episode. It was a long one. Let's (laughs) go all the way back to the beginning. Biggest (laughs) (laughs) fuck-up. Congratulations, Fallout 76. With runners-up of Telltale closing in the Diablo Immortal announcement. Best new character goes to Atreus, God of War, with the runners-up of Connor and Hank from Detroit Become Human and Madeline from Celeste. Best sound goes to God of War, (laughs) runners-up of Spider-Man and Dead Cells. Best music goes to God of War, runners-up of Nier Automata and Celeste. Guys, I don't know if there's a theme here, but... uh... We're we're doing we're doing another let's, goddamn. Let's just end it. God Senua, of War wins aren't we? all the rest of the categories, even disappointment of the year. <laughs> <laughs> disappointment of the year, God of War. Moment of the year, breaking the disc of yeah. God of War. <laughs> uh, 
Well, thanks, thanks for joining us. We got some more starting up with best story next episode. We'll begin God there. Lord. Thanks. God damn it. Listen, that's yet to be determined. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Oh. No. No, we'll be able to we'll be able to get through that one. Uh I think I think moment of the year is going to be a long conversation. I mean, it usually is anyway. I've noticed my audition when it gets to a minute and f- or an hour and 40, it just like slows down. Yeah, you've been you've been jerking around this past episode. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Steve, do you need to get food? Because it's like 7 p.m. for you. I'm I'm one. I'm just asking because if we're gonna be doing the long haul here for this, like, 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 yeah, it, and I'd hate for it to be like super late for you. And God, this thing is not stopping. Right, but it's also like, you know, eating at a reasonable time. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, I would be doing this faster if my program would actually respond and stop recording but it is not responding so i'm going to wait until it's done hey darren do you want an exclusive splatoon 2 in-game reward mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fuck. okay it's the online <laughs> no Right. Right. I mean, I I enjoyed my time with it, but it was also like... I don't know. Y- yeah, I guess. Yeah.
I mean, I know my own, mine are super excessive. <laughs> uh, I mean, one of them was a discussion with about music, so... Oh, God damn it, my fucking audition is frozen. Oh, I'm getting the white screen now. I'm l I'm letting it ride. I didn't even minimize it or anything. It's just fucking going. I would I would lose all of this audio. Oh, uh yeah, probably. Yeah, because this is this is a lot. Uh, let me actually. I don't want to turn off the stream. That's not like it matters because it's not like there's like. There's, there are some people on it actually. Uh, fuck. <laughs> uh, it's real good. I know. Oh, this is not responding, man. I'm not happy about this. Ugh. Fuck. Yeah, this is this is actually not responding.